is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Am I going to go with what I've got because that's a safe option? Or am I going to step out and trust the Lord for what I think he's saying? And uh, so after a little bit of an internal battle, uh, I decided to, uh, to step out and trust God in what he was saying. So I got back from my walk with four words, and uh, I said to Sarah, I, I think God's told me to speak on something different this morning. I've got four words. It's like, well, that's a start, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, so that's what I'm going to do. So it's not going to be a long message, but I do feel it's what God has got for us this morning. I feel that I trust I'm being obedient to the prompting of the Spirit. And uh, I'm trusting that God is going to speak to us this morning through what we read together. Okay? That sound good? So if you've got a Bible with you, if you'd like to turn to Mark chapter 11, please. We're going to read some verses together, beginning in Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through to 10, probably. 11, maybe. As they approached Jerusalem... And came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone, tells, if anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Tell him, The Lord needs it, and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. If Jenny had been reading this, she would have sang that, obviously. But uh, here we are. (laughs) Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Okay, let's uh, pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your words. And we pray now as we spend these moments looking at it together that you would come, Lord, and be our teacher. Help us, please, to understand what we read. Help us to apply it to our lives by your Spirit. Would you come and speak to us now, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's obviously Palm Sunday today, Easter being next Sunday. And uh, it's where we celebrate Jesus entering into Jerusalem. And that's the passage that we read here from Mark chapter 11. And the four words that I came back from my walk with this morning, and these are my four headings, short as they are, are these. Consistency, expectancy, accuracy, and faithfulness. Consistency, expectancy, accuracy and faithfulness and if by the end of this message you can think of any word that rhymes with the other three to replace faithfulness i'll be very grateful because if i ever preach this again it might go better <laughs> but they're my four headings they're the things that i felt god speak to me about from this particular passage 
And so our first heading we're going to look at is consistency. Let's just think for a moment what was happening here. You'll see that the crowd were worshipping Jesus. They were shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom. Uh, Father David, Hosanna in the highest. There was great worship and adoration of Jesus there, wasn't there? The, the, the crowd were excited about what was going to happen, they thought. And uh, they, they were singing and celebrating and shouting and worshipping the Lord. That's what was going on in these few verses. But if you know the story, if you know what happens, you'll know that in really a matter of only a few days, the crowd turns. And there's a crowd that we read of again in uh, Mark chapter 15. And uh, my guess is that probably the same, it would have been many of the same people. Not maybe all the same, but my guess would be that many who we read about in Mark 15 were also there in Mark chapter 11. And by the time we get to Mark chapter 15, the crowd, who in Mark 11 are worshipping Jesus, shouting and celebrating, by Mark 15, they're calling on him to be crucified. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Do you notice in a matter of only a few days, the crowd go from shouting, Hosanna in the highest, to crucify him. That's a massive journey, isn't it? That is a huge difference between shouting, Hosanna, worship, and crucify him. But that's what happens here. So what there is not in this crowd is consistency. There isn't consistency. You see, I want to suggest to you this morning that it's easy to be a Christian, in this country at least, on a Sunday morning here. It's easy to be a Christian when you're at a Bible week with hundreds or thousands of other people all celebrating together and worshipping the Lord. In our country at least, that's straightforward. That's probably one of the easiest times it is for you to be a Christian. When we're all together and we're worshipping and singing and looking to Jesus... That's an easy time to be a Christian in our country. But how is it for you on Monday morning? How is the difference between Sunday morning and Monday morning for you? Are you consistent? The crowd weren't consistent here, were they? We, we, we can see that. But my question to us this morning is, friends, are we the same on Monday morning as we are on Sunday morning? Are we consistent? Are we consistent? I've said it applies to us in this country because in the UK, at least at the moment, we have a freedom to gather and to worship Jesus freely. There isn't anybody saying, no, no, you can't do that. You can't go there. We, we can come, we can gather, we can celebrate and love Jesus. I was hearing just uh, a couple of weeks ago of Christians in other nations who can't do that. Gathering together in groups of even more than two or three is too dangerous. They're what we might call secret believers in their nation because they can't gather together like we can. I think we take it for granted sometimes that, that we can do this. 
But actually, there are lots of Christians all around the world in many nations who can't. So we've got such a privilege of gathering like this. I want to urge us to make the most of it and to enjoy it and to benefit from it, to invite others into it. There may come a day when we can't do this. I'm praying it doesn't happen. But certainly for brothers and sisters who love Jesus in other nations all around the world, that's true today. They can't do that. But for us, we can. So how are you doing on the whole consistency front? And if the truth is there is a a gap, a difference, if you like, between Sunday morning and Monday morning for you, then I'd encourage you to pray and ask God to help you. Not to be condemned about it. That's not the point of this. The point is to say, to look to Jesus and say, Jesus, will you help me? He loves to help you. He loves to send his spirit to empower you for life. If you're just trying to live for Jesus in your own strength, that's pretty hard going. But actually, if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you, to flow through you, he can help you to live for Jesus consistently every day of the week. So that's consistency. Our second point here is expectancy. Expectancy. Do you notice the crowds were looking forward to something? They were expectant. And what they were expectant of was that Jesus was going to deal with the Romans once and for all. They were an occupying force in their lands, in their nation. And they were hopeful, they were expectant that Jesus was going to deal with it once and for all and overthrow them. They were excited about that. They were expectant about it. But actually, they were looking forward to the wrong thing. That isn't what Jesus was going to do in that moment. I wonder, what are you looking forward to? They were looking forward to that thing that actually Jesus wasn't going to do in that way at at, at that time. What is it that you're looking forward to? Is it maybe a holiday? Is it maybe a new job? Is it maybe a relationship? Is it maybe a change of circumstances? What is it in your life that you're looking forward to? Now, none of those things are bad things. They're all good things. So I'm not about to knock any of them. But let me ask you a question. What are you looking forward to in God? What are you expecting for in Him? What has God spoken to you about? This conference I was at just a couple of weeks ago, um, the opening session was by uh, our good friend Terry Virgo. And uh, he'd recorded his sessions on on video in advance because he was at uh, another conference. He couldn't be there. And uh, he gave his opening address, and and we sat and watched his his video to us, which was great, very, very helpful. And he spoke about the need for God to speak to him afresh when he moved from Brighton to Kingston in southwest London a few years ago. So his role within New Frontiers was going through a change. And uh, no longer was he leading hands-on, but he was passing things on to to many others who were taking things forward and leading now. And uh, he was relocating. Him and Wendy were moving to to join the church in Kingston. And he talked about how he needed to seek God for new promises. Because much of what he'd been living for for the last number of years had been tied up in Brighton. And how he was going to be moving to a different location. He needed to seek God for fresh promises. 
This was so inspiring to hear. Here's a guy in his 70s who was saying, right, I was going to move. Now it's time to seek God for new promises. There was no, t- no sort of sense of settling and just sitting back and just seeing what life would throw at him and maybe a little bit more time on the golf course or whatever it might be when you hit that stage of life. But rather he was saying it was time to seek God for new promises. And God spoke to him and put something in his heart that now he was living for, that he was expectant for, because God had spoken to him. I wonder, what has God spoken to you about? Terry talked about the importance of God speaking promises into our heart. And friends, that's so important. What is it that you're expectant for? What is it you're asking God for? What are the promises that he's given to you? I'm still living with the promise that God spoke to me a whole number of years ago now, way before I'd even been to Derby, let alone moved here. God spoke to me about moving from my home in southeast London to a city in the Midlands that I'd barely heard of, certainly didn't know, and starting a new church that would reach people in this city that would grow and be a significant force for his kingdom, both here and in other places. God spoke that into my heart. I'm still living with that because I haven't seen the fulfillment of it yet. So that still burns in me. That still gives me excitement and passion and expectancy because God spoke it. I wonder, what has God spoken to you about? What are the promises he's put in your hearts? Now, God's added some other things along the way to that. We haven't got time to get into all that this morning. But every now and then, God speaks something fresh and adds to it. It's a bit like what he did with Abraham. Do you remember Abraham in Genesis Is it Genesis 12 when he speaks to Abraham and gives him promises? It's Genesis 12. Thank you for those of you who are helping me along here. He gives him some promises, and then it seems like every time God speaks to him again, he adds to it. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger than he could imagine. That's happened to me. God's spoken to me time and again. He's built on what he's said. It's not replacing it. He's adding to it and building on things he's said already. I wonder what has God spoken to you about? Maybe it's something some period of time ago that you're still living with, still burns in your heart. You still have an expectancy for. Or maybe God needs to speak some fresh promises to you. Friends, we need that in our heart, don't we? We need to know what God has said to us that we can live for and give our lives to. The danger is we just meander through life, sort of bumping into different things and people as we go and just, you know, life takes different turns and it just sort of happens to us. I don't believe that's how we should live as Christians. We shouldn't just allow life to happen to us, but rather we should take hold of what God has said to us and live for it. Give ourselves to it. Be expectant for God to fulfill the promises that he's spoken to us. So my question to you, to us is this. Have you got those promises? Are you expectant? Are you allowing them to shape your life, what you're giving yourself to? Are you expectant for the right things? Unlike the crowd here who are expectant for something different. What is it that God has spoken to you about? The next one is accuracy. Accuracy. 
to the crowd, as we've said, were actually looking forward to the wrong thing. They were hoping that Jesus was going to enter Jerusalem, kick out the Romans, and bring salvation, as they would describe it like that. That's not what he intended to do. We'll find out more about what he intended to do next Sunday, I would imagine. Wouldn't we, Adam? We hope so. They were passionate and excited and expectant, but they weren't accurate. They were wrong. They'd misunderstood it. They hadn't got it right. So you can be passionate about something, but that doesn't necessarily equate to being right about it. You can be passionately wrong. So what's the solution? The solution, I believe, is found in this book. Would you agree? The solution is found in here. You see, we need to check what, what we feel God's speaking to us about against his word, what he's said already. He's not going to say something to you now that contravenes what he has said already in his words. Shall I say that again? He's not going to say something to you now that contravenes what he's already said in his words. Amen. This is what we check things against, isn't it? We need to know his word and we need to allow it to shape us. We need to submit ourselves to what God has said. We might read some things in here and think, well, I'm not sure I agree with that. I don't really like that. I want to reshape that and uh, you know, put my perspective on it. That's the wrong way around. We need to allow God's word to shape us and to change us, that we might come into line with what he has said already. Amen? So if we want to be accurate about things, I don't mean dogmatic. Please don't hear that. If we want to be true to what God has said, we need to know his word and allow it to shape us. So my question to you is this. Are you allowing this book to shape your life? Are you reading it, studying it, allowing God to speak to you by his spirit and apply it to you? He wants to shape us by his word. And then the final word I felt God give me as I was uh, out this morning thinking about this, this passage in Mark 11 is faithfulness faithfulness the story of easter demonstrates the faithfulness of jesus do you agree it demonstrates the fact that he was faithful jesus knew what was going to happen to him he wasn't under any illusion he knew it wasn't going to be easy he knew it was going to be difficult painful dreadful not what he'd experienced before he knew what he was going to He'd spoken a number of times to disciples about his impending death. But they didn't quite get it. They didn't quite see it. So he, he didn't even have their support in it. But he was faithful to what his father was asking him to do. Jesus was and is faithful. The good news is he hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. He's still as faithful today as he was then. God is a faithful, everlasting, loving God. You and I, we might wonder, we might stray. 
We might walk away from the path that God has given us to walk. We might even turn our backs on the Lord and walk away from him completely. Does that change whether God is faithful or not? No, it doesn't, does it? You and I, we, we might be unfaithful to him, but it doesn't change his faithfulness one jot. God is faithful. He really is. He's faithful yesterday, he's faithful today, and he'll be faithful tomorrow. And the story of Easter, what we read about here in Mark 11 as Jesus enters Jerusalem, and what we hear about next Sunday is that this story demonstrates Jesus' faithfulness. It demonstrates that he's faithful to what his father wants him to do. And it reminds us that he is faithful to us today. You can read through the Bible and you see stories about God's faithfulness time and time again. We've mentioned Abraham already. There's one example. He was faithful to Abraham. You read your way through the Old Testament, people like Moses, David, some of the great prophets, Elijah, Elisha. People like Nehemiah who responded to God's prompting and were obedient. God was faithful. Has he changed? No, he hasn't, has he? You and I, we might be unfaithful to him, but God remains a faithful God. And so we see in this passage in Mark 11 that Jesus was faithful to what his father had asked him to do. And so the challenge to us, knowing that we have a faithful God, a faithful heavenly father, is will we be faithful with what he's spoken to us about? Will we be faithful in following him? Faithful in carrying out what he's spoken to us about? Faithful in seeing fulfilled the promises he's spoken to our hearts? Faithful in being obedient to what he's asking us to do? Faithful in stepping out when he asks us to do that? Will we be faithful to him? Because I tell you one thing, and I guarantee it. He will be faithful to you. Amen? We talked a little bit earlier about being in a storm. And um, knowing that, that Jesus is Lord. Even in a storm. And you might be thinking, but I'm not in a storm right now. If that's you, you're not in a storm then that's great. I'm thrilled for you. You don't have to be in a storm all the time. But the likelihood is you will be at some point in your life. I'm not being a depressive. It's just, how, it's just how things work out, isn't it? We face challenges and situations come at us. It's just life. So as Joe encouraged us earlier, determine now to make Jesus your Lord so that when the storm does come, you can remain faithful to him. Consistency, expectancy, accuracy, and faithfulness. We find all these things in the story that we call Palm Sunday in Mark chapter 11. I want to encourage us this morning as we uh, go into Easter week, as we think about these things, we think about 
the crowd here as we think about what Jesus was going to do on the cross in dying for our sin and then rising again. Glorious resurrection. Wonderful new life. I want to encourage us, friends, this week to think on these things. To allow God to speak to us. Allow him to maybe speak fresh promises to us. To give us faith for things. In order that we might be faithful to what he's speaking to us about. As he always remains faithful to us. Amen. Can we stand together? I think our time is done. Just as we as we finish, I'd love us just to sing together all hail the Lamb. I don't think we need the band or even words necessarily for it. But as we do this, we're declaring our love for Jesus and declaring his goodness and his faithfulness. All hail the Lamb and thrones on high His praise shall be our battle cry. He reigns victorious, forever glorious. His name is Jesus. He is the Lord, or hail the Lamb, or hail the Lamb, and thrones on high, His praise shall be our battle cry. He reigns victorious, forever glorious. His name is Jesus. He is the Lord. Jesus, we want to declare you as our Lord. As our Saviour, I want to thank you for your faithfulness to us. And pray, Lord, that you continue to speak to us, stir us, help us to live faithful lives for you. And Lord, speak fresh promises to us. We might live in great expectation of all that you are going to do. Lord, in our lives, in your church, in this city, nation, and the nations that you indeed might be glorified. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.